Well, hello and welcome to From Grief to Gold, the podcast, Finding Restoration in the Brokenness, where I keep things authentic, as as authentic as possible, while doing my best to leave you with a, like, action step towards the end to help you on your journey towards restoration in your own form of brokenness. And this is episode one, and with full authenticity, I'm scared shitless. (laughs) Like, I want to (laughs) cry. And I'm not even somebody who likes to cry very often, but I'm learning to embrace the emotions and that is okay. But that's not like the best way to start the episode. Hi, my name is Melissa and I like to cry sometimes. (laughs) Oh Lord, please help me. Okay. Well, this is my introduction. If this is the first episode that you're seeing, cool. Otherwise, in future episodes, I'm going to always start off my episode by recommending that the listener does come back to the intro because this is going to be quite the heart to heart and a little bit of my own backstory and my own stories of different forms of grief and also the reasoning behind From Grief to Gold and why I chose Finding Restoration in the Brokenness. I'm also going to be honest and let you know that I have notes to the side of me, but I'm not entirely sure if I'm actually going to use them or not because I just, I'm not sure. Like, I have them to the side because I don't want to get too off focus because that does happen, especially when I have guests on, which I don't. It's just just me and myself and I. I have no other excuse but myself if I get off topic, like right now. But I do want to do my best to stay on topic and not make this too long of an episode because this is the introduction and I know that I will be able to dive into things more in depth in later episodes. I also have my book where I share a very particular portion of my grief in life, but without further ado, hi, I'm Melissa, Melissa Ann, or Mel. I don't know if I actually introduced myself or not yet, but if I did, hi again. Uh, (laughs) With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and dive into my backstory and, well, to some degree. We're not going to go, like, into, like, childhood traumas and and we're not we're not doing any of that today we're not doing the inner work today but I am going to start with my graduating from high school so essentially like the last decade of my life so I graduated high school in 2010 I hope I don't make you feel too old and I hope you don't make me feel too old like age is just a number it's fine it's fine it's fine um (laughs) But I graduated high school in 2010, and right out of high school, I went to the recruiter's office and joined the Army. I actually was like five days shy of being 18, so my mom technically had to help sign my life away, but it's okay. Like, she told me that if I died, like, she was going to be, like, so upset, so it's a good thing I didn't die, right? But anyway, also, I'm going to 
I'm going to be sorry. I'm not going to be sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, there may or may not be periodic dark humor, so bear with me. I hope it doesn't upset you, but if it does, then maybe I'm just not the podcast for you. But with that being said, I didn't die, so my mom didn't have to worry about having signed my life away to join the army as a medic. But I joined the military, and I joined as a medic. I was only going to join if I became a medic. Like, looking back, I was like, man, my poor... My poor recruiters were probably so sick of my shit. Like, this girl coming into our office telling us what she wants us to do. But you know what? Like, you got to make your recruiters your biznatch, okay? Like, you got to tell them what's up. Like, this is your career. And I came in there just like that. I came in and I was like, look, I want to save lives. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I want to make an impact. And I'm only joining the military if I have a slot as a medic. And so it was. I mean, like, I lucked out because there was, like, a couple slots and my, like, ASVAB score was good enough for me to actually get the slot. But regardless, I came into the office wanting to be a medic and I became a medic. So after I went through, like, my basic training and... Uh, AIT, which is like the advanced training for me getting my EMT and the combat training side, I was gung-ho on becoming a flight medic. Like as soon as it was possible, I was like, I want to become a flight medic. I had volunteered at the hospitals um, in high school because I wanted to be a doctor originally. And I just always had a love for the aviation side. And I was just like, I'm going to become a flight medic. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm going to become a flight medic. But somewhere along the line, my young naive self managed to get a slot to become a flight medic. And I dropped before the program started. I blew off my dream career as a flight medic, my dream career, because I was head over heels for some boy and I was 20 years old and I made poor choices like we all do in life. And it's to this day, one of my biggest regrets and I've moved on from it. I've acknowledged that like there are different ways that you can follow your dreams, even if it doesn't look the same on paper. But I just remember being so disappointed in myself because I blamed me not joining the program because I was like, well, I'm just going to go become a pediatric nurse. And so I might as well just go ahead and get out anyway. But deep down, I knew it was because I was head over heels for some boy who wasn't even in love with me. And like, that's the story for another day that I'm probably never going to tell. But maybe you can relate. I would say drop a drop an emoji if you can relate but this is a podcast and you can't actually do that so that's okay anywho had the option to have my dream career and I blew it I blew it and then fast forward to my final year in the military and I found out I was pregnant with a guy who I had only been dating for a couple of months things were okay like they were rocky but they were okay Uh, we, and I go into a lot of our story 
in my book that I'm publishing, which that sounds pretty crazy. Uh, I'm gonna be an author. Anyway, I, I ended up getting out of the military because he was also in the military and he was pursuing this very, very long school process, also known as like the Q course or it's a special forces training. And there was no way that we were both going to be in the military and that work. And so I got out and we got married and it was literally everything I swore up and down I was never going to do and I had become that person but I remember when I was finishing up like the termination stuff so basically I got out a couple months early it wasn't anything like significant but I had planned to get out of the military and go to nursing school and become a pediatric nurse. And instead, I was on the phone breaking down with my now husband during this time. And I, I broke down in tears because I was going to have to give up my nursing dreams for the foreseeable future so he could follow his dreams. And it was the second time within a two-year span that I let go of my dream for someone else and I was devastated. I was grieving the career path, the career, the life that I had envisioned twice and I had to let it go again. And it wasn't to say that like, you know, me becoming a mom wasn't going to be a good thing, but this wasn't, it wasn't in my five-year plan. It wasn't in my one-year plan. And it was honestly really scary. Like I just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was preparing for and I, I wasn't ready for it. And I needed time to grieve over what I thought my life was going to be like. And I remember we got to Fort Riley. So we got to Kansas which was where I officially started my journey as a military spouse. And I remember struggling so much with getting into being a civilian again. Like when you get out of the military, they have you go through this transitioning program, but it's really like a check the box. Like you kind of do a little bit of interviewing practice and you apply for some jobs, but like nothing really prepares you for going to the civilian side after being in the military. Like it just, you just, you just can't really like prepare for that. And so I'm over here in this new state and my husband's doing his army things and I'm sorting out getting a nine to five job and I'm taking nursing classes and I ended up deciding to dive into a wedding photography business uh, after I got my nine to five job and figuring out what my life was going to be looking like, like as I was getting ready to become a mom and figuring out what family life was going to be like, like all of these things that I had just not prepared for at all. And I was just, I was grieving because I was supposed to be preparing to be a nurse full-time. Like I was supposed to go to school 
full-time, get my nursing degree, live my nurse life, and instead I became a wife and I was preparing to have a child. And sorry if I like get all bubbly or whatever. I also am going to try my best not to cry um, when, I pro- <laughs> when I proofread what I wrote and like practice this. Like I totally teared up. So we'll see how it goes as I'm literally recording it. But yeah, like I was supposed to be doing nursing school and instead I am becoming a wife and I'm preparing for a child. And it's like I'm in this state that I had no intentions of being at. And, like, now I'm a civilian and I'm just, like, balancing all these things. And it's, like, what is even my life now? Like, what what do I do? And over the last seven years since having my son, which essentially was me leaving active duty, I have just felt like I've just been constantly half-sinking, half-treading water, just navigating the civilian world trying to find the career path that matched what I was hoping to achieve as a medic in the army and as a pediatric nurse and as a flight medic. And it's been hard because I just, I felt like I had gone from one career or one job to the next, just hoping that something would stick, hoping that something would, would give me that that feeling of making a difference in the world that I wanted to make. And like, sure, I was doing good things and like, sure, I was helping people and like, I loved the people that I worked with, but there was just like something in my soul that just like knew this wasn't it. And it's it's hard to put your finger on it. And it's, it's so cliche. Like so many people are like, oh, I was just finding my purpose. I'm just like finding like, what it is and I think in some sense of of life is just all of us are trying to find that thing that just clicks and maybe we don't ever find it I don't know but I feel like I am but that's for later on so at this point in time I I have a failed marriage and It's something that I talk about in other episodes, and I share a lot more in depth about it in my upcoming book, A Series of Flashbacks, Darkness Within, that is going to be on pre-order starting July 10th, and will be officially in stock on Veterans Day weekend, but I was in a completely broken marriage. I was broke, trying to move back and forth across the country trying to balance finding this replacement for my military life. I was trying to figure out how to not be a crappy parent (laughs) all while just existing. I was trying to find my purpose and find the right career and not be a crappy parent and like figure out why I was dealt the cards that I was dealt and to fast forward to about four years into our marriage i had just recently received my bachelor's degree i had received it in like december of 2017. i couldn't get a job anywhere with my bachelor's degree because i had no work experience so the only things that i could qualify for were things that wouldn't even pay for my bills and so i basically had this degree 
that I couldn't do anything with. And if I'm being honest, I pretty much only got the degree because I just wanted to finally finish something. I wanted to feel like I accomplished something as a civilian. Um, and I was barely making the bills each month. I was depressed as all get out and I just didn't want to exist anymore. And I know that sounds depressing. Well, like, obviously I just thought I was depressed, but like, I just, I didn't want to be here anymore. I felt like I was just constantly failing. I felt like I was constantly getting an L and I was just like, when do I get the W? Like, I came from being in the military and I constantly excelled. I was constantly pushing myself. I was always reaching goals and I was always like doing like my very best in literally every single area possible. And then it's like I become a civilian and I become a mom and well, really just I become a civilian and it's like my world just collapsed and everything's a shit storm, you know? And it was really disheartening. Like, to feel like you're a failure is so disheartening. To feel like you just can't win sucks <laughs> so bad. So here I was, technically four years into a marriage that was so dysfunctional. And I have a bachelor's degree that I'm not even, well, technically using since it's a marketing degree, but like, it wasn't beneficial. Like I spent all that time getting a degree that I, I could have Googled and YouTubed my way to answers to, you know, like it wasn't something I was passionate about. I just did it to have some type of accomplishment on the civilian side. And it was really hard because like I had no interest in any of my career paths. I was doing wedding photography and I was side hustling. Oops, sorry. I was side hustling with graphic design and web design just to make ends meet, just to get that next month's bills paid for. I had a failed marriage. I was doing life alone and I was just done. Like nearly every day I just contemplated the ways that I could be done with this world. And I knew deep down that like I could never do it. Like I could never leave my kid, but it was an almost daily struggle. And if I'm honest, like looking back, I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure I had been suffering with postpartum depression for pretty much like since my kid was born through that time. At that time, he was about two and a half, um, almost three. Yeah, he was about two and a half. And I think just because I was going through so many different things all at once in life, I did what I have always done best, which was just staying in survival mode. I, I'm the queen of living on the defense, which isn't necessarily something to brag about, but I, I was depressed and I was full of anxiety and I just didn't want to go on anymore. And then out of the blue, I, I got an email and it was my admission to the nursing program, which I had applied to like two years before. And apparently I had missed the original one. And so it was kind of like, hey, this is your final notice to 
like say yes to going to nursing school or we're going to give the slot to the next person in line. And so at that point in time, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to like rock with the wedding photography. I'm going to drop the branding and web design and I'm going to go nursing because I don't know what else to do. I don't know what's going to fill this void. And, you know, I've always been told I'm a good medic or I'm, I'm good. I have great bedside manner. So like I'd be a great nurse. And so I decided I was going to go to nursing school and maybe I would just live off of student loans and scholarships and like live in a cheap apartment and use my GI bill until I was done with school. And so I was going through my paperwork so I could get my son enrolled in childcare because, you know, you need like birth certificates and shop records. And so I was looking through my paperwork for that and I came across letters that I had from my husband from a year prior when he was doing some of his special forces field training for like working towards getting his green beret. And I remember reading through them the first time, kind of like, emo- like without emotion, like the year before when he had actually written them in 2017, I had seen the letters and I was like, yeah, I just, I don't feel like he's authentic. And, you know, I was just, I had my own shade against him at that point in time. But when I accidentally came across them in 2018, it had already been a year. We had already separated again. And so I was kind of looking at these letters with fresh eyes and I had started to wonder if I had truly given him a second chance or if I had just let like anger take over me. And as I was reading the letters and reading his words, I had realized that he was working towards becoming the person that I had prayed our first time separating, that he would start becoming. And I realized that I had been scared to get hurt again. And I was scared to have to like wholeheartedly deal with everything that we went through. And so... In 2017, I had done what I knew best and I ran because survival mode and living life on defense means you just run. (laughs) And seeing those letters a year later had me thinking like maybe after I finished nursing school, maybe after he finishes his military training and officially gets his green beret, then maybe when he gets his duty station or maybe after I finish my nursing program that we can, we can start from scratch. Like maybe I can move out to where he is located. And at least at the very least, it gives our son and him the opportunity to like grow a relationship because I knew that people in the special operations side of everything, like they are so busy between like their training. Well, really just a lot of the military in general, but special operations, especially they're either in the field training or they're deployed or they're preparing for a deployment or they're coming back from a deployment or they're preparing for another field exercise. And so I knew that if I wanted our son to have any kind of relationship with his dad, I would need to be the one who moved out to wherever he was stationed so that we can make that a possibility. And so as I was looking at those letters, I remember 
just thinking about that possibility and thinking about us moving closer to him and like hoping that it was Fort Carson because that would be great. That's in Colorado and it's not very far from where my family lives and it just, it would have been nice. But either way, like I am such a wanderlust, wild stallion, wild Mustang. Like I wouldn't have necessarily cared where he got stationed. But I just remember thinking like, even if our marriage didn't work out because I had filed for divorce in like 2016. And we had been so back and forth that I never refiled. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know. We'll just see. Like, maybe eventually we'll figure this whole marriage thing out and we'll be gravy. But, um, yeah, I just, I remember looking at those, those letters and the words that he wrote and thinking, maybe we could start fresh. Like, maybe, maybe not like happy-go-lucky marriage material right away. But we could at least live near each other and start rebuilding that trust and like giving me a time to truly see that like he was improving and that he was willing to do the things that he needed to do. And unfortunately, a few days later, I I got my answer. <laughs> uh, again, like dark humor, but. I got the answer of a no, and it was an indefinite, indefinite. It was like, I think that's the right word. I use big words sometimes, and then I realize that I don't use them properly, so. But it was a very permanent closed door, and my world got flipped upside down because here I was, once again, in hopes that maybe we could do something to fix this, to change things, to, to work past like our family history of crap relationships. And I had gotten a call to let me know that he had died and it sucked. (laughs) And that's also where my notes end, but I know that I'm not done because (laughs) when I did a mock talk, Uh, I had more to share because that's just the story of where my, where my grief was from. And, um, it's just like, it's wild. Like it's wild to, to look back and like see all of these situations that you were in where your world got rocked and you didn't think that you were ever going to survive. Like when I got that phone call letting me know that he died, I went so numb. Like all, always. Like I just, I don't even know where the tears came from or why they didn't stop. But I just like, I was numb. I was numb. I no longer knew what I believed in. Like for the most part, I was like pretty spiritual person for most of my life, but I no longer knew what I believed in. I didn't know what to tell people. I didn't know what to tell my kid. Like, where's daddy? Well, like, I don't know. Like, what is the reasoning for us existing? Like, you know, I just, I went down this spiral of just so many emotions and that grief mixed with the depression that I already had was just like unbearable and it's taken me a lot (laughs) 
I mean, I'm, I'm starting this podcast and it's been almost three years. So July 10th will be three years since receiving that call. And I, I remember thinking for a while, like, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And originally it was going to be like my travels. Cause like my first duty station was Germany. I was like, I'm going to write about my travels and all things that I did and like doing all these things solo. Cause I just traveled Europe, like all over by myself because I wasn't going to wait on anybody. So I was like, I'm going to write my travel story and it's going to be great. But as time went on and as all these things happened and all these things unfolded, I realized that I had a different story to tell. And I started to realize that like this, this was the impact. This was the way that I could make a difference in the world and I could help people and maybe save people. And it wasn't, this is where the tears started to come in. I'm fine. (laughs) Um, it wasn't what I pictured it would be like, like, this isn't me telling my story, like my sad, poor me story. (laughs) That's not how I had planned to help people or make a lasting impact or make a difference in someone's lives. I would have told you 10 years ago when I left for the army that this is how my life is going to turn out, I would not have believed you. But here I am on a podcast <laughs> called From Grief to Gold, getting ready to launch a book or pre-sale or depending on when you watch this or listen to this, um, it's already in stores or wherever it's at in this world. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed that I was writing a book on addiction or that I was writing a book on forgiveness and on the struggles of marriage and relationships and moving forward and finding a way to Like, find the good even when, like, your internal world is crumbling. (laughs) And this isn't easy for me. Um, I don't know if I shared it earlier or not, but vulnerability is not my strong suit. It's something that I am working on. It is something that I'm getting better at. But for so long, like, I was not an emotional person. I was not somebody who just shares my feelings. And I know it stems from inner childhood, and, like, we can go into that in another episode. That is not what today is about. But I was not somebody who shared my emotions. It would take me so much anxiety to bring up any kind of anything. Like I was terrible with confrontation. I was terrible with sharing how I feel. So for me to step out on this limb and like officially listen to what my intuition has been telling me for like a year now, um, or more, honestly, like I've been periodically working on this for a couple of years now, but more specifically in the last year and even more specifically in the last like two months. Um, I've just known that I needed to work on this 
and I hope that I'm not all over the place. I hope that I'm making sense and that like I'm speaking to like preach like you know like if I had some audience like at least I would feel a little bit better and feel like I know that like I'm being helpful um but to go back a little bit again I after he died I moved out of state I moved to Ohio thought I found a dream home that'll be a completely different story so I'm gonna like brush through this really quick um but it didn't end up working out and I moved back home to Arizona, which is where I'm at right now as I record this episode. I say that because who knows where I will be living in some of these other episodes because knowing me, I'm a, I'm a gypsy, butterfly, whatever. But I moved back here and I had decided, you know what, like I want to help veterans. I'm going to go and get my master's in social work so I can become a licensed social worker and be able to do counseling. Like I'm going to do all the things. Um, I was also going to be a gestational carrier at the same time. And if you don't know what that is, basically like I take hormones and I go through this process where essentially I'm, I'm carrying a couple's child for them because they can't. And that was like March of this year, I think is when it started getting pretty serious, maybe February, February or March. I think, yeah, it was, it was February and I was on the verge of a mental breakdown, like as almost as severe, if not as severe as when my late husband died. And I had to heavily slow down and figure my life out because I realized that like, while I am strong, I am still healing. And I have been so go, go, go. <laughs> that like I didn't really truly have time to work through these emotions like yes I saw a therapist and if you aren't talking to a therapist or at least finding some way to like ground yourself with nature and like you know talking to somebody however journaling whatever it is that you need to like work through your emotions in a healthy manner um, please do that but I thought I was good to go and here I was I was had straight A's in my social work program up until this one class and I I was just not okay. I realized that like I was not ready to relive all of these things all at once and then it was like okay well now what do I do? Like I just dropped out of a social work program. I, <laughs> I had dropped out of helping a couple be their carrier, which broke my heart. Like I'm such a yes person that it was hard to like be like, Hey, so like, yeah, um, I have to take care of myself. So I'm sorry. Um, my mental health comes first now, finally, but yeah, that was the start of this year. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to work on my personal training and like work towards health coaching and like fitness nutrition and like weight management and kids nutrition or kids fitness and stuff like that. But as I was working on that, I was like, this just feels so like, it doesn't feel authentic to me. Like I'm not, I'm somebody who ebbs and flows with like going to the gym. Like I, I'm very big on like whole health and like sometimes things get put on the back burner and or you just need to focus on different ways of getting your body moving. And as I was narrowing down 
what my goal was as a coach, I started listening more and slowing down and being present and like meditating. And I realized that it was time for me to write the book. (laughs) And I was like, what a perfect timing because I work so well under pressure. I'm going to set it for July 10th, which is, you know, the day that he died. And so my, my pre-release and everything, I got the website, I got a press release, like, and as I was working on that, the idea of from grief to gold came to mind and it would not have come to mind had I not taken time to meditate and to be present amidst the chaos that I was dealing with, that I'm still dealing with, but it's going to be okay. Um, but I just, I was sitting there and I was talking with a friend who she'll end up being a speaker on here or a hook, uh, I don't know what, what I'd say. It's not a co-host, but, um, an interviewee, an interview, whatever. I'm going to figure out this lingo soon enough. But I was talking with her and I was like, you know what? Like, what if I did from grief to gold? And I was like, well, hold up. I got to go see, like, I'm sure this is taken. Like I'm sure a podcast or the website or the social media, like it's got to be taken. And lo and behold, it wasn't because obviously your girl has it now. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think this is it. Like, I think this is it. It wasn't what I had intended. It was definitely not the path that I thought I was going to be going down. But having like already sent like a couple of the chapters to my editing friend and sharing sneak previews with people like I, I realized that like, this is it. And that scares the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. And the reason it scares the shit out of me is because that person who, who wanted to save lives, who, who wanted to make a difference in people's lives and make a lasting impact. She had to put some big girl panties on (laughs) and acknowledge that like if you want to make an impact in people's lives like you have to step out of your comfort zone and I'm just starting to like walk into that path and it's nerve-wracking it's nerve-wracking it's scary to sit here rambling (laughs) for like 38 minutes about my life and about my struggles, and about my thoughts, and about my visions, but I, I know that it's going to be so worth it, <laughs> and I hope that this is beneficial for you, and if it isn't, like, share with me how I can make it more beneficial, but my goal with From Grief to Gold, and also with the book that I'm releasing is just to show authenticity and to show struggles, but also to show different perspectives because, you know, during my marriage, like we, we all have our negative things to say about situations, but so often like that person that you're complaining to doesn't know the other side of the story. You may not even know the other side of the story. And with my book, Like, I share that, and it took me years. It took me years. 
but I was finally able to start taking into consideration the other side of the story and realize that like things that happened weren't to me, they were just at me. And that like we have to heal ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves, otherwise it's going to hurt other people. And even with the hurt, like you can still come out better. And that is my goal for From Grief to Gold is just to showcase like the ways that you can come out better and that just because you're broken doesn't mean you can't be restored. And I kind of feel like that comes off really spiritual, but like maybe it is. Like maybe this is my new spiritual awakening because I was in the dark for for quite some time. <laughs> And I do feel like I'm, I'm getting back into something (laughs) and it does feel good. And I do feel aligned and I do feel like that I'm, as I spend more time in nature and as I spend more time just focused on myself and focused on slowing down and focusing on being present and feeling the feels, but not letting them take over my entire existence it's it's been really freeing and like learning that I'm allowed to have these feelings I'm allowed to have this depression and this anxiety and this like CPTSD and like all the things but like they aren't what defines me and like I can have this and still be restored I can have this and still be beautiful and still be whole and I don't want to ramble too much longer But I just, I hope that through hearing these podcasts and like hearing the speakers that I plan to have come join me, like mental health providers and people who have started their own foundations and people sharing their own stories. I hope that it brings you peace and it brings you clarity and shows you forgiveness even if it's for yourself, maybe like maybe you're the person who created the grief for somebody, but I just, I hope that in some shape or form, this whole thing (laughs) helps you with your healing process and helps make your life a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful day or a wonderful night and much love. I will talk to you soon. Bye!